Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Hello, friends. What is up? Welcome in to the studio here at Red Shirts HQ. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp back on the mic this evening. And it is the week before free agency kicks off. We have a very unique spin on free agency on tonight's show. Lots to talk about. Super excited to do that. And with me, my two good friends, John Helmkamp, Matt Okada. John, what's going on, dude? Not much. Uh, Just really excited that we are, what, Five days away from maybe getting some actual free agent news to finally talk about. I'm really excited about that. So we're uh, we're getting close. There's real news afoot on the horizon. Yeah, we're also like technically four days away, although we probably won't learn until Sunday morning yep. from finding out what's going to happen with the CBA, which is a big deal because it's going to determine a lot of things to do with contract stuff. There's a lot of talk that the Patriots and Tom Brady haven't worked anything out because the CBA hasn't been, wor- CBA hasn't been worked out. It's going to potentially affect franchise tag stuff. It's definitely going to affect the salary cap. So a lot will come out of that. Um, and then we'll start getting to hear who's talking to who. That'll be oh, exciting. Oh, yeah. I believe the legal tampering period opens up. Is it Monday? Is that correct? Yes. Monday. Not that uh, it really wait. matters. I mean... Yes. Teams are already talking. 12, I think. Legal tampering, period. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's illegal Talks are tampering already happening. Yeah. Already going on. Uh, and then we'll get <laughs> the sure. real news. Uh, we'll get some interesting contracts, I think. I mean, I still remember a couple years ago when Sammy Watkins signed that massive deal uh, to make him one of the more <laughs> aggressively paid wide receivers for not doing much in the league. So that was super interesting. We'll get a lot of that. We'll talk about Tom Brady. We'll talk about Ryan Tannehill. Um, Jameis Winston, man, there's so much to unpack in the next so couple much. of weeks. But before that, we are going to talk a lot about on tonight's show what's going to happen to some of these depth charts that might get um, shaken up with free agency. Not necessarily talking about the free agents themselves because, A, we already did that. So if you missed the show, go back two or three episodes ago. We've already covered those bases. B, every other podcast you're listening to is doing that right now. So we're going to try to be a little bit different give you a unique take on free agency versus just saying, oh, we hope Melvin Gordon signs here. We hope Jameis signs here. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the players already on an NFL roster and how free agency is going to affect them. Before we do, reminder to all of our friends out there, check us out online, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, we are doing a new rookie preview series over on the YouTube channel. One prospect every single day going up. Uh, one of us, you, you know, you Unfortunately, you don't get to pick who you watch when you get in there, so you got to go in there every day to check it out. I Sometimes you have previewed, to deal with bets. Yeah, I previewed DeAndre Swift, uh, one of my favorite running backs in this class. Spoiler alert to those of you watching this show live. Tomorrow, Brandon Ayuk preview from Mr. Okada himself, and then we'll have one of John's players come up the day after. So head on over, check Justin it out on Herbert. YouTube. Justin Herbert, there you go. There's yep. a little sneak preview. We'll be the next player there on the YouTube channel. And find us on social media at RedshirtsFFPod. All right, fellas, should we get into the news? Let's do, do it. it. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh got news. Hey, news, 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 news. My show doc says Austin Eckler got the bag. Yeah, baby. Kind of. Kind of? He got a four-year deal. Sort of. $24.5 million, $15 million guaranteed. First off, super excited for Austin Eckler, man. Great yeah. story, undrafted kid, and really has worked his tail off and has proven to be a very, very good running back in the NFL. Fellas, let's talk about the, the contract itself. Was it more than you thought he would get? Less? I mean, he was a restricted free agent going into free agency. Obviously, now that's changed. But he was not really able to test the open market. So... What does this tell you about how the Chargers value him? Is it more money than you thought he'd get? Maybe is it less? Um, I think the main the key question that you asked there is what does this tell us about how the Chargers value him? And it tells me that they are excited about him, that they believe in him, and that they want him to be a key piece of their offense. Not necessarily even because of the money, although the money is pretty good, relatively speaking. Like, it doesn't sound good. Six, six, slightly six plus 
million dollars a year sounds like a pittance. It's less than half of what the top running backs get paid, but it's still top 10 running back money. Um, there's like a huge gap between the top four guys and then the mid-tier of guys that are way down in the six to eight range and then everybody else in the league. And this puts him in that that mid-tier, that kind of mid to upper tier even um, of well-paid running backs. Uh, but more importantly, they kind of signed him up and extended him with a nice big four-year deal before they even necessarily needed to. Uh, and it's a, it's a decent deal as well. And it somewhat keyly... I think very much closes the door of Melvin Gordon yep. and very much says, we believe that we can win with Eckler and probably somebody else that they will go get maybe, but we don't know that for sure yet. We'll see what they do obviously in free agency in the draft, but it certainly does sound like they're going to let Gordon walk. Yeah. To me, the, the big thing is the timing of it. I think that when they did it says, this is our priority. Like this is what we want to do. We want to make sure that we get this done, that Eckler is here, that he's a focal point of our offense going forward. A four-year deal is nice for a running back. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comments out there about the annual salary not being superb. But, you know, uh, to Okada's point, it's still top 10 money. Um, and for an undrafted free agent to then work his way to that point to get a four-year extension before it was necessary for them to do so, he's the future of their plans. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Anthony Lynn uh, saying that they they think that he's better in a complimentary role and that they might look to bring someone else in as well. That doesn't concern me at all for what Eckler does. They need to have another back to slam beto- between the tackles. Honestly, I-, I wouldn't be too terribly surprised if they go out and get Jordan Howard. Um, that would be a nice complimentary fit there for Austin Eckler, I think. Someone that can tote it 10 to 12 times between the tackles while Austin Eckler does his thing in, in the passing game and gets 12 to 14 carries a game. Um, yeah, it doesn't concern me at all. I think it's good. I think his value is exactly what it was. Uh, last year, without Melvin Gordon on the field, he was the running back two behind yeah, Christian McCaffrey. He was, he was so good, man. It was he was a lock cooking. in your lineup every week. Yeah. And if they're not bringing in someone of Melvin Gordon caliber to be the other guy in the backfield, I mean, he's got a very high ceiling in that offense, especially if they're going to be looking at possibly bringing in a young quarterback. He's going to be a, a check-down friendly target for, for a developing guy. So, um, yeah, I think Eckler's value is still very good. I think he's a RB1. Yeah, I think so. I think I might have to adjust uh, my dynasty ranks with this news. I mean, it just shows, I think, the commitment that they have to him as a, a definite part of their plans moving forward and a focal point of the offense for sure. Melvin Gordon, bye, Felicia. He gone mm. uh, for sure. And we'll talk about him when he signs with the new team. Next piece of news here on the dock. Ian Rappaport saying that the Titans are focusing on signing Ryan Tannehill to a long-term deal. Now, there's not really much besides that little blurb of news. So is it news? I don't know. But I think we chatted about Derrick Henry two weeks ago, and we were saying, like, that seems to be their priority. If this is the new case, I mean, does Derrick Henry get the franchise tag? What do you guys think shakes out there in Tennessee? Um, I I think there's a possibility they say still try to sign both um we'll see if it's something they can work out and how they work it out but obviously Tannehill is not expected to get the QB money that generally the next man up is getting these days which is 30 plus I think it's more likely that Tannehill gets 25 maybe even less uh we'll see how much last year's performance really you know kicks up his value but we're talking half a season I don't know if that's enough to take you from a guy who's worth 20 million to a guy who's worth 30 million um, so, and then more importantly, it's the quarterback. The quarterback should be, 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 should be your priority, even if he's not necessarily as valuable to your particular system as maybe Derrick Henry is. He's still more important because he's the quarterback, and that's just the way it is. Like, yes, Derrick Henry makes that offense go, but having a quarterback is the number one priority. It should be of every NFL team and every NFL franchise. So it makes sense to me that they're going to focus on him and then see how they can work out Henry. It could be a situation where they tag him. 
Um, and it also depends on how much money he wants to get. I don't expect either of them to be let go at this point. So I do expect them to figure out some way to get them both on the roster. We'll just see how that pans out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're both, like you were saying, just super important to what their offense wants to be and to some of the ancillary pieces there, a.k.a. our boy, A.J. Brown, on this podcast. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Very interesting. We'll get more details here in the next couple of weeks. Next piece of news, and this is... It's uninspiring. You know, I'll warn you guys. It's uninspiring. But the Panthers did re-sign Kyle Allen to a one-year deal, 585000 He was an exclusive rights-free agent, which, if you're not familiar with that in the NFL, basically means the team that you were with the year before can sign you essentially for the league minimum at your position, if I'm understanding that correctly. Okada, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they did that with Kyle Allen. Now, is Kyle Allen a good NFL quarterback? No, he's not. But I think this tells you a lot about what the Panthers want to do this season. I am going to put this out there. I think they are 100% taking, uh, tanking Excuse me, for Trevor Lawrence next year. I don't know what you guys Ooh. think, but they just traded away Trey Turner. I mean, I, there's signs pointing to this. We're not sure if Cam Newton's back in Carolina. I mean, what do you guys think about this signing? Does it matter a lot uh, for fantasy or for dynasty at all in terms of the other pieces there on the offense? Uh, no. It, it, it yep. to me, doesn't have any implication. They give him a league minimum to be a backup. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I think there's a very realistic chance um, that they are tanking for Trevor. Um, hashtag it, make it a thing. Um, oh, it, it could happen. Oh, it's definitely a thing. It could very well happen that that is in their plans. I, I'm still not convinced that they're not trading up for Tua, though. I, I'm still thinking that that's a realistic possibility as well. So um, it's just gonna it's gonna depend on the price. It's gonna depend on what team wants to pay the most. Is it gonna be Miami jumping from five to two? Um, is Washington just gonna stand stand pat and and either they're in love with Chase Young or are they going to go to a, at two? It's it's very interesting. The price is going to be high to move up and take Tua at the top of this draft because there's going to be several teams, I think, jockeying for that pick. So I, I'm still not ruling them out from Tua, and Tua with the weapons in that offense is juicy. Um, but, you know, I think Tua is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. So if, if that's the way that they're going, I'm good with it. Um, if they're tanking for, for Trevor, I think that that is a realistic play as well. We have no idea what Cam's going to be this year or not be. No one does yet. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, one thing's for sure. I don't know if we agree on who they're tanking for, but I think we all agree they're tanking <laughs> at this point. Yeah. That's what no, saying. it's a fire sale. It's a fire yeah, sale. They are selling away their, their veterans. One interesting thing, I don't know if you guys saw this in Matthew Berry's uh, takeaways from the NFL Combine. He puts that article out every year. It's actually a really, really good article, um, kind of under the radar headlines that he catches on to. And essentially, he made a really strong point and argument that Ron Rivera, obviously now the new head coach for Washington, absolutely mm -hmm. loves Cam. Yeah. So I'm not saying, I'm just saying it might happen. Mm. We'll see. Last I would love that here. personally. Yeah, last piece of news here yeah. on the dock. The Saints are planning to use a first-round tender on restricted free agent Taysom Hill. We chatted a little bit pre-recording about what this means, but let's just get right back into it. Okada said his words, not mine. I love Taysom Hill. Okada, go ahead. Mm. Okay, well, let me preface this since we're talking on a fantasy football podcast here by saying that I don't love him for fantasy or what he does for fantasy to anybody else because he is a guy who's going to come out here and steal touchdowns but not be in your starting lineup ever, and that sucks. However, I really like it from the Saints. I think he is a, I'm not going to say elite, but extremely dynamic offensive weapon that should be utilized. There was a lot of... I feel like talking head action over the past couple of years to the basic point of how dare you take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands, you idiots. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you're putting in this upstart runaround goofball under center or in shotgun or whatever to take the snap. I love it. Every time Taysom Hill touches the ball or is involved in the play, it goes well for the Saints. In my opinion, the way the, the way when I watch games, 
He is dynamic. He gets first downs. He scores touchdowns. Do I want him throwing the ball five to ten times a game? No. I don't think that's the point. Do I want him involved in the offense? Yes. So I really like the Saints doing this. But you're not drafting him in fantasy, and you're going to be crying at least six times a year when he steals a touchdown from Drew Brees or Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas. Yeah, the only time it's fun to play Taysom Hill in fantasy football is if you're playing DFS showdown slates, which essentially, if you're not familiar with what, what that is, it's a one-game um, contest where you pick five or so players, you make one player your captain, they get one and a half points times what they actually get. So if someone scores 10, they actually get 15. Taysom Hill as the captain is the cheat code in those tournaments because he's the most annoying player ever. He'll score a touchdown when you least expect it. Alvin Kamara owners shake their head. I mean, it, he is an NFL asset, no doubt about it. But the question I have for you guys is like, do the Saints actually view him as a starting quarterback? Because obviously Drew Brees is getting to the end of his career. Teddy is a free agent. I mean, is Taysom Hill the starter, let's say, in 2021? Here's the thing. Should he be, in my opinion? No. Do I think that Sean Payton views him that way? Maybe. And that's the thing that absolutely baffles my mind. A first-round tender means that if the Saints are not willing to meet an offer that he gets from another team, they get a first-round draft pick from another team. Is This first round in the NFL draft is loaded loaded with talent you're trying to tell me that Taysom Hill is a more valuable asset than Cam Akers at the back of the first there's not a chance the first round tender basically ask (laughs) it just it absolutely my mind laugh at you Sean Payton would laugh at me. Sean Payton <laughs> loves him some Taysom Hill. He is he in love with that guy. I have no idea why. Is he a valuable trick play asset in their offense? Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? No. I do not think that he's a starting quarterback. I do not think he's worth a first-round tender. Basically, what Sean Payton just did was essentially make it so that no other team will take him. That, that's what he did. By putting a first-round tender on him, he said, you will have to pry him out of my cold, dead hands to get Taysom Hill off of the New Orleans Saints by putting a first-round tender on him. Um, that's why. He's in love with the guy. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is leaving. I think Drew Brees is back for one year, and then Sean Payton is going to prove that he's a genius by starting Taysom Hill at quarterback in 2021 and winning 10 games that that's his master plan so i will throw this one thing out there not that i'm trying to defend Taysom hill to the end of you are yes Yes, you are are. (laughs) okay maybe i am he has thrown 13 passes at the nfl level in my opinion that means we cannot judge really what to expect from him as a starting quarterback we have not seen a large enough sample size at the point of development that he's at now to really make a call. And there's still another year or two for, for him to continue that development under Drew Brees. I th- I think he might be a dynasty buy just in case oh, stop. he actually can throw the ball. And in two years, <laughs> we find out that he's been practicing even more and he does become the Saints starter. You I think it's a non-dynasty chance. Oh my gosh. Listen, it's a it's a buy and stash. I don't know what what it takes to get him honestly right now, but it can't be more than a second round pick. I would probably say a third. It, is a third most. worth that shot? You think no. you have to give up a second? Oh you, no, you, no, I'm not. I'm not giving up a second. What do you think you have to give up to get him? What do I think I have to give up to get Taysom yeah. Hill? Do you have to give up a second, or can you give up a third? I think you can give uh, up maybe even third. a fourth. I, I no, think third. Jeremy, third? I think Jeremy Hill is what I would oh give gosh. up to get Taysom <laughs> oh Hill. My gosh. So Never. let me just put it to you this way. Mike Vrabel had 12 receptions and 12 touchdowns. Is he a wide receiver one? Clearly, That's you what the you're doing to Taysom Hill. That's what you're <laughs> no, doing to Taysom Hill. No, it is not. Yes, no. it is. Taysom Hill can throw the ball for real. Maybe not starting quarterback level, but at least a passable level, no pun intended. And oh, he may be so able to progress intended. further than that. All I'm saying is a third-round dynasty pick is basically a shot, even in this draft. 
Taysom Hill is basically a shot in a super flex league. Oh. In three years? <laughs> two years? Like, oh, One year? I don't know. <laughs> it's either stash. I mean, listen, this is what I'm going to say about the situation. And then we got to move on because we just spent, I don't know however many minutes it was, but it was too, too many long. minutes too many. talking about Taysom Way Hill. Too long. It's a cheap price tag to get a backup quarterback. I mean, it's about four and a half million, I think a little bit more for that first round tender. And I'm not saying he is their starter. I'm just saying we're going to know pretty soon because if they keep using Taysom Hill the way they do, which is as a running back, as a tight end, and as a wide receiver, you do not do that with your your heir apparent at the quarterback yeah. position because of injury risk. So if they use him that way again, A, that's super annoying for fantasy. B, we're going to know what their plans are at quarterback because I don't think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Let's move on. <laughs> Can we please move on from this situation? Yes. yes. We're I talking, suppose we can. Shush. Yes. Please, please, please. We're talking free agency tonight. Like I said, we're going to do it a little bit differently. But before we do, we have a live read from our sponsor. You guys have heard this one before. My good friend, John Williams, has started his own business as a personal trainer. Tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. John, Okada, you guys are my friends. Um... You can see me on camera right now, and you can feel free to give me mm. some compliments. I've been following John's plan, and I gotta say, <laughs> oh I'm feeling my. a little bit more muscular, definitely stronger. And this is the time <laughs> that you guys can jump in if you want to to let me know. Um, but I'm telling to. you guys, John, yeah, please do. John knows his stuff. Please check him out. He really is, um, I think, a step above other trainers out there. Knows how to work around injury. Knows how to help you prevent injury, which, as a physical therapist, I definitely endorse. Um, and overall, a very good dude. So check him out. TinyWhiteboardWorkouts.com. Also on Instagram, his workouts are free. TinyWhiteboardWorkouts. Check him out there. Let him know when you sign up with him, the red shirt sent you. Uh, All right, fellas. Beth, just going to throw this out there. I feel like in the, one of the next segments when either John or I is talking, you should probably do like a, you know, Mr. America flex situation <laughs> in the background. God. You know, it's part of the ad. It is part of the ad. I'll see if it's John. Will, I'll see if John will up Results. his uh, advertising with us if I flex. <laughs> All right, uh, we are off the rails. Let's get back on um, free agency right around the corner, guys. And we talked a little bit more about this a couple weeks ago. Go back and check it out. But I want to talk about some players that have opportunity to gain value in fantasy and players who could lose value based off what happens in the next week and a half or two weeks. Now, I have some names on my list. Were you guys able to prepare any specifics for yours? Okada is kicking his head now. <laughs> Mentally jot down. I have yes. a couple potentially in mind, maybe. Okay, perfect. I have a few. Let me start with one player that I want to talk about a lot, actually, that I'm super interested to get your guys' take on. As a player who has a lot of value to be gained in free agency, specifically if Kenyon Drake does not sign with the Cardinals, David mm -hmm. Johnson, a mm -hmm. player no one wants to talk about, a player no one wants in fantasy, a player everyone has left for dead. I mean, just last year, not 2019, 2018, the guy was an RB10. The year before that, injury, of course, didn't really do anything for fantasy. And then in 2016 was the RB1. Now, I know that was a few years ago, and things changed quickly for the running back position, but they are paying him a ton of money. He is going yeah, to be on their roster. He is still a good pass catching back. I mean, what do you guys think about David Johnson? First of all, let me say that he was the second name that I thought of for my list. So I am interested to talk about this. However, what I'll say is the most thing, the, the most interesting thing to me is what is up with his body? Because I feel like what we saw right. towards really all of last year, but certainly towards the end when we saw Kenyon Drake just take over, he didn't look right. He, I think there was a lot of talk about a bad back situation. Bets, I'm sure you can spin this out a little bit further, but he just seemed off and not himself and not productive enough for the Cardinals to rely on him. And I think that's why they went out and got Kenyon Drake, and that worked out great for them. Um, however, if Kenyon Drake does sign somewhere else and David Johnson is back and he is fully healthy, I do still believe he has all that talent. So I am curious to know what your take is on his uh, medical situation. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a back issue. I remember it was like the beginning of the year. He had something pop up. And I actually remember writing this in my preview article on the website and talking about how everyone's viewing this as like a short-term thing. And whenever you have a back that flares up in the season, I mean, we are talking about one of the most violent sports 
that exists. And when you're taking hits repeatedly, it's a lot of stress on your back for sure, even if you have a healthy back. And so I don't know exactly what the diagnosis is with, with David Johnson, but we know, you know, that's not a short term healing process. So do I think he enters the season way healthier than he was last year? Yes, for sure. Do I think he looked really sluggish on film and affected by injury? Definitely I do. And that's something that I really try to focus on with players coming back. I mean, Amari Cooper is another example. You watch him move. He just was not the same guy. Dealt with a knee issue and an ankle issue. David Johnson definitely had some some back troubles that were giving him uh, some issues out there. And the other thing was he did have an ankle injury as well earlier in the season. So, yeah, for David Johnson, man, I mean, it's hard to say exactly like how much he was affected by it. But we can say, I feel like with 100% certainty, Injury played a huge role in his downfall last year. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. The The trouble with David Johnson to me is that somehow, and I don't know where this wormhole popped up in the space-time continuum, David Johnson is already 28 years old. Wow, wow. Like, yeah, how? That happened fast. That happened so fast. I thought he was like 25. So he's already 28 dealing with injuries is he on their books yeah he is he's on their books for a lot of money um i expect david johnson to be back with the cardinals i don't know about Kenyon drake um i i think and okada and i talked about this uh on our patreon uh podcast that i think the Kenyon drake is closer to the six and a half to eight range per year and and honestly okada made a great point when we were talking about it austin eckler just got about six i think austin eckler has proven himself way more than Kenyon drake has so what's the market for Kenyon drake now after the austin eckler news that's that's going to be interesting to watch but if if he leaves and david johnson is the guy down there is he really going to be the guy i mean do they have confidence in david johnson or is he just at this point there because of the money that they've put into him and are they going to lean heavily on chase um chase edmonds Edmonds. Edmonds. yep are they going to lean more heavily on chase edmonds in that game if david johnson is supposedly their rb1 are are they going to draft somebody are they looking for a next guy up to come in to that offense in the maybe the third or fourth round i don't know so to me there's so many question marks because of how injured he was last year, how he looked last year, the fact that he's 28. I don't know if they're confident in him. I don't know if he fits into what they want to do in that scheme. Um, I I just don't know. To me, there's too many question marks for me to be actively going out and trying to buy David Johnson. Here's my, well, one of my big questions. There's a lot surrounding David Johnson, obviously, as you mentioned. And I'll ask it to bet since he brought him up. What do you think is his dynasty price? I don't know, man. He's been left for dead. A third? Late second? Oof. I mean Okay. Yeah, I would have probably guessed somewhere in the in a late second range. I don't know if a third. I, I feel like most David Johnson owners aren't gonna give him up for that just because of the promise. Yeah, but look a at this. A late class. second Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that I know. means a late second is a good pick. No, I know. I'm just saying with the 2020 class, like everyone is hyped out of their mind, us included. Sure, sure. And so, you know, I mean, it's worth a shot, I would say. Yeah, I guess. so I guess what I'm getting towards is if it's a late second, that's a big risk-reward situation from both sides. Big risk because, like you just mentioned, this class is nice. That's a, a talent that we could probably expect to be decent. Um, it's not quite as much as a shot as it would be in a normal draft, or as a third-round pick certainly would be. Uh, But also, the reward is extremely high because you get a guy who is a top 10 running back again for two or three more years for a late second. That is an incredible value. So he's extremely enigmatic, and it's very hard to figure out what to do. Um, Let's say I offered you the, the 212 bets, and you had David Johnson. Would you sell him or would you keep him? If we're doing this today, before free agency starts, I would mm-hmm. probably, I would probably take the two twelve. What if Kenyon Drake was gone a week from now? I would take David Johnson too. If right. it's let me let me say, if it's super flex, I would keep the pick because there's going to be good players that are normally true mid second, early second that get pushed back uh, at skill positions. So I would say in that scenario. I would take the pick. If it's single quarterback, yeah, it's basically a third. I'll take a shot. 
Um, I'm not giving up hope yet. This is, I think, the the potential problem with this. If you're a David Johnson owner, I think you've pretty much committed yourself to to running him into the ground. Like if if you're still holding on to David Johnson after last season, if you still have David David Johnson on your roster, you're basically going. You know what? He's a bench stash that might pay off, and I'm just committed to that, and I'm riding off into the sunset with David Johnson. Like, I, I think that if you own David Johnson, you're not selling him for a late second to early third round pick, even though from the buying side, that's about as much as you'd want to spend for him. So I don't know yep. that there's a trade that would actually get done for a David Johnson. I'm not sending like a 2.4 for David Johnson no, there's no, 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 no way no, no. that's way too that. rich yeah but yeah, that's no that's way. what I'm saying I don't think that there's a trade out there that actually gets done for a David Johnson because the two sides mm. are likely going to have such opposing views of his value the guy that wants to buy him wants to buy a dart throw the the person that owns David Johnson already is probably going this was the guy at his peak maybe he gets back to that and that's worth holding on to Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. It doesn't always have to match in terms of what you'd be willing to sell or buy at the same price, and it's usually different. So um, that is interesting. We'll see. Other name that you mentioned that I want to definitely highlight, Chase Edmonds, for sure, is a guy to monitor. Yep. I do like him a lot, actually. Um, could be someone that we're not talking about, but does have some pretty good fantasy relevance um, next season. So we shall see what happens there in Arizona. By the way, Okada... You should know this. Mm. Go onto their YouTube channel, and while you're on our YouTube channel, then go ahead and check it out. Um, Arizona Cardinals put out a, a docu series about the growth of Kyler Murray in his rookie season, oh. and I watched it. It's actually really good. So uh, <laughs> oh. I thought of you right away. Oh, I, I knew you'd be making those sounds. <laughs> uh, check it out. Take it's a actually shower. A lot of fun to watch. All right. Yeah. Uh, enough Kyler Murray for this episode tonight. How about mm. Allen Robinson, guys? I mean. Oh, love him. Mitch Trubisky, obviously, there's question marks. No doubt about it. I mean, you can be a, a Trubisky truther. You could be off Trubisky. Whatever you want to say about the guy, there's question marks. We don't know what he's going to be for the NFL future or for even this season. Um, but he did still support Allen Robinson, peppered him with 154 targets last year. That's a third most in the wide receiver position in the NFL. Now, but half of them Robinson. Exactly. And now what I was going to say, <laughs> Allen Robinson, 14th in the NFL at the wide receiver position in receiving yards. So there was a lot of um, opportunity left on the table for Allen Robinson. One piece of this that I want to talk about is there's competition that's coming into Chicago. I don't know who it's going to be. We don't know what type of player. Is it going to be a rookie? Is it going to be a veteran that signs with them or via trade? Someone's coming in to challenge Mr. Trubisky, yeah. and I think it's good news for Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think that we're looking at a situation similar to Tennessee last year, right? They brought Tannehill in to challenge Mariota, and he ended up just taking over. I, I think that Trubisky, the the leash is getting short on Trubisky. They're they're running out of patience with the guy that they spent a ton to go up and get. It's the only reason he still has a job is because of the capital that they invested in him. Um I I think you're right. Someone's coming in somehow to challenge that. And if that, listen, this whole quarterback carousel is going to be fascinating. If someone gets displaced, if a Jameis Winston gets displaced from Tampa Bay, mm. does Chicago go out and get Jameis Winston? God, I hope so. That right? Me awesome too. Me too. It'd be fantastic. Allen Robinson is two years younger than David Johnson. Yeah, still just 26. That's 26 young. years old. As a wide receiver. And he's a receiver, yeah. He's got five solid years left, minimum. Yeah. He's a very talented wide receiver. If he had a quarter or a competent quarterback at all, you're looking at a wide receiver one, hands down. So I, I love me some Allen Robinson um, a lot. And I think that Mitch Trubisky is only going to be Allen Robinson's quarterback for about another six to eight weeks. That That's, <laughs> that's my wow. projection. Call I, I think I like six it. to like eight it. weeks for Trubisky being the quarterback for Chicago until someone else is back there that can actually deliver the ball to Allen Robinson, who there were so many times where Allen Robinson is standing wide open on the sideline, 
screaming for the ball and Trubisky couldn't get it to him. And he's standing there. There's not a defender within 10 yards of him. If they can get a quarterback that can put the ball on him, Allen Robinson is going to eat. So what they do is obviously going to have a big impact here because I think they could go one of two ways. One way is to go what is really more the Titans route that you mentioned, and that's just to get a guy for competition. That's maybe a Case Keenum or what about Andy Dalton. Uh, I would take Keenum, an Andy Dalton, Dalton, or Marcus Mariota. Even speaking of the Titans, yep. Um, one of these guys that is maybe a little bit more of a journeyman. Obviously, Mariota, a young one, but about to get kicked to the curb potentially. Shush. Um, who's there to? Give Trubisky a little fire, but not necessarily expected to start. Now, Tannehill ended up doing so because Mariota was garbage, as he has been. Not um, good. And, and has dealt with a lot of injury problems, so that well, certainly didn't help. Uh, and Tannehill ended up just keeping the job. I don't know how likely that is for Trubisky and the Bears. The other route, though, is that they go the Matt Nagy route. Which is, I came from the Chief system. I came from the Andy Reid system. I want me a Gerstern gunslinger. <laughs> and if they go get James Winston, like you mentioned, um, or someone in that vein, that definitely makes a difference. Uh, you talked about, you know, the lack of QB talent. Allen Robinson has never had it. He had no mortals, and then he had Mitch Trubisky. He's got the this- worst luck of a top-tier wide receiver I've ever seen. This guy might be, like, one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL, and we just don't know it because we've never gotten to see it. So if they were to get a gunslinger-type quarterback, and I think that's the less likely of the two, I think it's more likely they bring in someone to challenge Trubisky and then pick between the two, and it's kind of more of a wash. But if they do go that route, it would be very, very spicy. Are are they going to be in the draft market? Is there a possibility not day, not day one? I don't think not day so. one. It hasn't been enough no. since they got your. Uh, Listen, you're no, talking like is, a Jalen Hurts or a Fromm. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like maybe, but they don't have a lot of draft picks this year. No, they they yeah. don't. So <sighs> we'll see. I think a day three quarterback yeah. maybe for depth, but I mean that, that doesn't really get us excited either. So Eason out of Washington. We'll yep. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, also in college, uh, Allen Robinson got to play with Christian Hackenberg, so that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Literally the worst three quarterbacks that you could have as a wide receiver. This dude has them all. So I'm just hoping for a change for Robinson. Obviously, he showed what he can do. Now with two, I think below average, we could say with confidence, um, level quarterbacks in the NFL. So we'll see what happens there for A-Rob. John, you said you mentioned, you know, you had a couple that you – thought of do you want to talk about one more guy that might have some value to gain value to gain in free agency yeah i have a yeah. lot of uh, of players on my list for for value to lose which we'll get to but i wanted to give you the opportunity first value to gain someone i'm really interested in right now is uh michael gallup um i'm very curious Ooh. about that situation i'm curious and i'm not saying that he i don't know how it's gonna go that's the thing about gallup is he a wide receiver one if they lose Amari Cooper? I don't know. Could he be? Yes. So I think that there's going to be a big polarizing viewpoint on Michael Gallup if Amari Cooper leaves. If they lose Amari Cooper to free agency and they're going to roll with Michael Gallup as their one, there's going to be the people that go increased opportunity, young wide receiver, big body. Yes, he's going to be wide receiver one. There's going to be other people that are going to say he needs a wider receiver one opposite of him in order to eat. I'm really curious about his value if Amari Cooper is is gone in free agency. Uh, as a starting point, I think we can fairly say if this is happening and Amari is gone in this situation, Dak is there. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't, I don't honestly like, I like Gallup a lot. But yeah. I like him with Cooper there. So if Cooper's gone and it's Dak Prescott trying to support Gallup as a wide receiver one, I don't know if I believe enough in that. I think Dak has been elevated by Amari. I think the whole offense has been elevated by Amari. Even though, to be honest, Amari, not as ideal of a wide receiver one for fantasy as you would like, 
he is an extremely talented football player and it makes it very difficult for defenses, more difficult than it would be without him. So if he's gone, I don't know if Gallup is ready to step up immediately. I, I would say he's not ready to step up immediately to fantasy wide receiver one status. I think he could be a serviceable Cowboys wide receiver one. And I think there's a chance he could develop into a fantasy wide receiver one. It might take two or three more years. Um, but I would I would prefer it if Cooper stayed probably for Gallup in the short term for sure. So I would maybe put him more in, in the two lose side of things than the two win side of things. But it's, I don't know. Bets, what do you think? Yeah, I think you guys both make good points. And it is an intriguing question because I like him a lot as a player. I just don't know that we have seen enough to answer the question of if he can be a true one in this league. Um, is it possible? Yes, definitely. Um, but the other thing to consider, and I know we're talking free agency, and of course it's hard to not talk about the draft with this, but I was just gonna if bring for some up. reason Cooper isn't there, they are taking a wide receiver in yep. the first two rounds, no question. Mm. Yep. Um, and I've seen guys like CeeDee Lamb mock to them. I've seen oh. Um, oh. Justin Judy. Jefferson mock to them in certain spots. So, you know, it's all speculation, but if Cooper is out, someone is coming in. And whether or not that's yep. a, a, a second-tier player, I think it's going to tell us a lot about what they view in Gallup. If they draft a wide receiver in round one, I also think that tells us a lot about mm. what they view in Gallup. So, sure. Too many questions, I think, to answer. But, yeah, it's he's an intriguing and, and I think, polarizing player in Dynasty. He's a player that if you believe in him and you believe he's the dude in, in Dallas, if if Cooper walks, you got to pay up now to get him because if that's the case, his price is going way up in the next few weeks. So yep. it is really, really intriguing. Um, how about some players that are going to lose value? Let's talk about a few situations where we could see a – receiver or a running back or a tight end who is in a situation as of last year that we really really like that could get worse with a player coming onto the team onto the roster john hit it Devin oh, singletary. sorry you can go next <laughs> Devin, Devin singletary. singletary i am very concerned about Devin singletary um whether it's free agency or draft i feel like another well frank gore is He's not a thing anymore, unfortunately. I, I love me and some a free Frank agent Gore himself, and by a free the way. agent himself. Some team is probably going to pay him to be a veteran presence in a committee, more so for the amazing contributions to the locker room than anything else. Uh, I think Frank Gore's gone from Buffalo. They're going to add a running back. They have a ton of cap space, eighty-eight mil in cap space. They've got money, and there are some big name free agent exactly. Right, I put five on it. They've got, they've got some money to spend, and there are some big time running backs that they could potentially go. You know what? I'm all in. We're we we think that we can win the AFC East this year. Sorry, Okada. We think that we are going to make a deep run. We've got the young stud defense. We've got a young up and coming wide receiver. We were this close to taking it away from Houston and moving on to the playoffs this last year. Devin Singletary, I like. I don't love. I, I liked him more in his situation last year because of the situation. All that he had to compete with was aging Frank Gore. If they go out and they sign a Derrick Henry or a Melvin Gordon in free agency and bring in a top-tier running back into that offense, they're paying someone that's going to get the work. If they're going to spend the money, that dude's getting the ball. It's not going to be we're going to shell out big-time money for you guys to be in a 50-50 timeshare. That's not going to happen. If they are spending the money to bring in one of the big guys, it's going to be 70-30, maybe 60-40 at best. So mm. I'm very concerned about Singletary because I think that that might happen. I think that they are going to be a quiet suitor that no one's talking about right now for one of the top free agent running backs in this class or in this free agent market, if they don't get a top tier running back in this free agent market, they are drafting one. We've talked about thick freakness, AJ Dillon. What about him up there in mm. Buffalo as the thunder to Devin Singletary's lightning that I'm very concerned about Devin Singletary's role. Uh, it's funny you mentioned people talking about it because today I was working total access. Terrell Davis was on and we <laughs> asked, name drop on the show <laughs> what free what agent kind of do you think so cool, could dude. go to the bills cool. listen he really does uh, this is my co-workers okay i'm just talking about my co-workers oh okay. he said <laughs> melvin gordon to the bills there you go 
I could see it. So could I. And it would suck because I am a huge Devin Singletary fan, unlike John. I love him. I think he could be an RB1 if given the shot. Oh my gosh, no. But there is a very good chance they bring someone in. Now, to be honest, I think it's more likely they bring in a Lamar Miller or a Jordan Howard or a Carlos Hyde type guy who can take 150 carries, be reliable, but let Devin Singletary do all the important work. If they bring in a Melvin Gordon, that screws Singletary completely. So I definitely agree that Devin Singletary is a free agent with a lot to lose. I really hope he doesn't. And I kind of lean towards the fact that he won't. We shall see. That is... I mean, I could see both scenarios playing out, honestly. And it, like I said, it's going to tell us a lot about what they think of Devin Singletary. If they're bringing in Carlos Hyde, who, yeah, he had 1,000 yards last year, but I think we can say his best days are behind him, or someone like that, I think we could see an easy scenario where Frank Gore's role is filled. No worries. It's Devin Singletary's backfield. But if they bring in a Melvin Gordon, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. That plummets his value. A guy that... I think might go like double digit rounds in redraft leagues at that point, like a dart throw as a hope yeah. that he gets a role on the team as a startable fantasy asset. So yeah, it is definitely worrisome. I definitely agree with that. Okada, you also had one that you wanted to chat about. Who is your player with the most to lose? Well, bets, you know me quite well. And when the rule is to pick one player, you don't. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I have selected two players who play on the same team, Ooh. are a dynamic duo, and oh, yeah. could lose their quarterback. Yes. It is Mike Evans yep. and Chris Godwin. Yep. Now, is Jameis Winston a great NFL quarterback? We don't know. I think so. Uh, I think his eyes being fixed are is going to just oh, rock stop him up it. Oh, stop. to the MVP level performance. No, Stop. not quite. But I do think he's good and can be better. However, what he for sure is without question is a fantasy quarterback yeah. to the max. And his receivers have thrived on that for four or five years now. If he's in the starting lineup. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are two wide receiver one type talents in this offense with Jameis Winston throwing the ball. If Winston walks and we get Philip Rivers. Oh, Thomas God. Brady. Okay, buddy, let's slow down. <laughs> no, to be honest, that's fair. Tom yeah. Brady is not going to support would, these two no, guys he won't. So like bad. Winston would. It would not be good. Um, but Bruce Bridgewater, wants Any of these guys who are going to either be brought in as game managers or safe players, it's going to hurt a lot because Winston is willing to chuck it and he is able to chuck it. And it absolutely works in the favor of Godwin and Mike Evans. If, if he's gone, I think both of those guys have a very big risk of falling out of wide receiver one territory, depending on who they sign, obviously. But I do believe they're going to sign someone, and most of the names we've heard are less attractive to me as a quarterback for those two receivers for fantasy. I think that Jameis Winston is the perfect fantasy quarterback for that situation. I think that anyone else that they bring in is going to diminish anyone any other option out there is going to diminish the fantasy relevance of both of those wide receivers i think that bruce arians his play is tom brady or it's Jameis. i think that that is what's mm. going through his mind i think that it's going to be that's it we're gonna go all in and try to get tom brady if we can't damn i guess we'll re-sign Jameis winston <laughs> because tom brady wins games and that's what Bruce wants. Bruce doesn't care about your fantasy football team, even though he True. runs, even though he generally runs very fantasy friendly offenses, dating back to his Arizona days. I don't think that he cares at all about the big stats. He wants a quarterback that is going to be able to take them into the playoffs and win. And I think that he, as an aging coach who's proven to have success with veteran quarterbacks, I think that he wants to push all the chips into the middle, try and get Tom Brady away from New England and make a run at this thing. So I think that that is what Tampa Bay is trying somehow to gear up to do. And maybe Bruce is in the ear of the GM down there and they're going to offer way north of 30. I don't know. Um, for Tom Brady. If not, though, if they don't get Tom Brady, and quite frankly, I don't think they will, then I think Jameis is back in Tampa. 
I don't think they're they're looking for another option. I think it's those two. I hope to God you are right because I own a lot of Mike Evans' dynasty. Chris Godwin <laughs> is an ascending elite option. I mean, yeah, yes. if, if Tom Brady goes there, like, I don't know if, I mean, I don't want to say this to put out like outlandish statements. I don't know if both guys finish as wide receiver twos. Like, I just don't, I just don't know. <laughs> no, I think one's a two dude. and one's a flex. Wow. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm sorry, time. Okada. Tom's, at this stage of Tom's career, he is the greatest of all time. I would not argue any of that. Same. His arm is not going to support fantasy football assets, and that's what we care about. And, man, if that happens, I will be so sad. Jameis, please come back. Mm. My player that has the most to lose in free agency, T.Y. Hilton. Oh, Fellas, yeah. you Interesting. know I love me some Mike Williams. The Okada ghost. does as well. And there were several plays last year where Mike Williams – had the defender beat by three steps. Oh, he was open oh no. for a 70-yard touchdown bomb. What did he so have to open. do? Stop. Run backwards. Turn around. Run backwards. Grab a chair and sit down to wait for the ball to get there. Phillip Rivers, man, at this stage of his career, is not going to push the ball downfield, much like Tom Brady. And the way T.Y. Hilton historically has won is... Yeah, John's doing the shot put there yeah. <laughs> for Philip Rivers. Uh, the way he has historically won is being a good deep threat. Now, obviously, he's getting a little bit older. Um, he's had some injury history concerns. But from the perspective of how T.Y. Hilton has succeeded in the NFL, it has been with explosive plays down the field. If Philip Rivers signs there, man, oh, gosh, dude, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton is going to jive with how Philip Rivers plays the game. I'm concerned about T.Y. Hilton if... Rivers goes there. I'm concerned about T.Y. Hilton, even if Rivers doesn't go there, because I think they're bringing in another wide receiver or two. Mm. Uh, whether yeah, it's Rivers could. at I quarterback, mean, I don't care who's necessarily at quarterback there. Hilton's not going to be the wide receiver one on that team next year. They're, they're oh, bringing, I don't know about that. I d- Are you talking uh, about this season, 2020? 2020, I don't think that he's the wide receiver one on that team. In terms of no, leading that team in stats... No, I think that they're going to make a big play for Amari Cooper Ooh. in free agency because they have money. Okay, okay, okay. If that happens, then we can have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got money. That's the thing. This is a team that I think is going all in this they year. They always I have think money. They, they've got a lot, and they've got really good assets. They've got a really good young core on defense. Their offensive line is amazing. They've got draft capital. They've got uh, lots of money to spend in free agency. I think that they're going to make a push for Amari Cooper. Now, if it's not Amari Cooper, it's not going to be someone at that same caliber. I mean, maybe they bring in Robbie Anderson. That could be interesting. And I don't know that Robbie Anderson isn't going to challenge T.Y. Hilton, but T.Y. Hilton's injury history concerns me as well. So uh, there's a very good chance that another wide receiver could lead that team in receiving yards this this year. If they're not going to get Amari Cooper or... I mean, really, that's it. He's the only top-flight wide receiver that's available in free agency. If they don't get Amari Cooper, then I think in the draft, I think they're taking a wide receiver fairly early. I think they're taking a quarterback early, too, but they've got a lot of draft capital. So maybe they're going with a project like Jordan Love and then looking at a young wide receiver like a Denzel Mims uh, to come into that offense as well. I I think that T.Y. Hilton is going to face some serious competition for being the number one wide receiver on that team. Mm. We shall see. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that they go out and make that big of a splash in free agency. I mean, it's all relative, right? Like they just, for God's sake, they just paid, what's his face? One year, $10 million last year. Devin Funches. Funches. You got $10 million. Because they had so much money they weren't using. They were like, well, we may have to throw this at Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about that last year, about how they had to just get under, they had to pay a certain amount to stay within like a different range on the cap so they didn't have too much left over. They just had to give it away to like meet the standards. (laughs) They just gave him $10 million. But if they make a splash like that, then yeah, John, I agree. Things are going to change for T.Y. I'm just saying, if he is the one in this offense, if he is entering the season as the one, and Phillip Rivers is the quarterback, dear God, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> that's where I'm coming from with that. But we'll see. I mean, they still have guys like Paris Campbell on the roster. We didn't see him yep. do much last year. Um, what's the Zach Pascal is his name? Yep. Uh, took a step forward last year as well. I think he can be a fine three type of, of player for an, an offense. So we'll see what happens. Um, but man, this next couple of weeks is going to be so fun. 
to digest, lots of things to break down. We're going to react to all of it here on the show, so make sure you're subscribing in your podcast app. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. Check out Okada's Brandon Ayuk preview. Uh, check out my DeAndre Swift preview and John's Justin Herbert all on our YouTube channel. Fellas, this was a blast. Anything else for the people before we get out of here? Okay. I guess we'll leave I it don't at that. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Melvin Guys, Gordon we... is going to be taking one of the top potential landing spots for an incoming rookie running back. That's yeah. going to be something to watch. So there's going to be everyone's goo goo gaga about the landing spot potential of Tampa Bay, Houston, Indy, Buffalo, Seattle, potentially Tennessee. Melvin Gordon's probably going to one of those six teams. And one of those landing spots is going to get eaten up. One or two of our love affair rookie running backs is is probably uh, not going to land in an incredibly favorable situation. Um, 100%. Can we throw in a uh, quick end of the show mailbag uh, featuring a question by me? Yes, let's do it. Yes, go. Okay, so our very good friend of the show, Kevin Steele, is in the chat. He His last thing to point out was go Chiefs, back-to-back champs. So I thought it would be interesting, <laughs> before free agency starts and we, we start to see these rosters reform, Super Bowl champion, who do you think it's going to be? Oh, that's tough. I haven't even thought about it, actually. I know it's not Super the Super Bowl 55. Oh, man, that is tough. Since you guys don't know, I will take the clear and obvious and correct answer, which is the New England Patriots. No. After they re-sign Tom Brady, reload with the offensive weapons, go out and win one more Super Bowl so that he can retire in glory. No thank way. Thank you. Again, good night. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, I will take uh, Derrick Henry to Seattle, going back <laughs> to the Marshawn Lynch days. Running the ball down people's throat. Seattle making a deep playoff run with Derrick Henry, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Ooh. Tyler Lockett, Ooh. Greg Olson Ooh. as an offense oh. of doing some work uh, while retooling the defense. I think that Seattle um, has a lot to play with. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, I love them. Yes, I think that they've got a legitimate chance. They were they were one game. They were half a yard away mm, from finishing true. the season higher than the San Francisco 49ers last game yep. of the season catch on the half yeah. yard line stopped short from them going in as the one seed for the NFC. Yes. If Russell Wilson is your quarterback, you always have a chance always, uh, but you two bozos literally picked your favorite team. Yeah, we which did. Which is super lame. Um, oh, I'm so I'm... sorry that I picked a team that's won six in the last 20 years. What a <laughs> far-fetched saying, idea. Like, how does that provide any value for anyone? Oh, my favorite team is the Patriots, and they're going to win. Oh, my favorite team is the Seahawks. I think they're going to win. My favorite team is the Eagles, so I think they're going to win. No, uh, they're no. not. Get no, they're not. No, 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 no. Both of my our picks pick... are realistic, but... <laughs> my real pick, the Ravens. They're coming back. Yeah. They're going to make a deeper run than they did this year. They were supposed to make a run to the AFC title game. We'll see. John, go ahead. Since we still have two minutes, um, I was in a conversation today um, with a gentleman named Ben who has a dynasty trade that I would like your guys' opinion on. This is a team that is in full-on rebuild, does not have great value or great depth at wide receiver. Um, he currently has the 2021.04. He is being offered for the 1.04 uh, one quarterback, single okay. quarterback, not super Ooh. flex, one point, I know, 1.04. He is being offered a 2021 first, mm-hmm. a second, and an Adam Thielen, mm. all for that 1.04. Now, here's my here's my only hesitation because my my initial reaction: smash, accept, take it, and and run. But if you're in a rebuild, this team, like looking at the roster construction, I'm not going to go over the entire roster, but this team is probably two to three years away from contending. Is Adam Thielen still going to be an asset two to three years down the road when this team is going to be close to making a run for it? Um, is is the unknown value of the first and second next year enough for the 1.04 in single quarterback this year? So that last thing you said I think is the most key. The only way I wouldn't smash except on this trade is if the guy who's offering it is the reigning champion or runner-up and you're he's looking not. at a 111 or 112 and a 211 or 212 
Because a 111 and 112 and a 211 and 112 are massively different than a 103 and a 203. Looking yeah, at definitely. the the team that um, was sending the offer to him, I'm looking on Twitter right now. Um, that person was at the bottom of the rung this year. That person mm. was two and eleven. So it's going to be a high pick. Oh, next yeah, year. Yeah, I smash accept. Take it. <laughs> get all them picks. Yeah, I yeah, don't even like Adam Thielen that much, but get all them picks. Yeah, yeah, that's that my difference, thought too. I think sways it if, if it's early picks yeah i'm with you guys definitely smash accept and say thank you goodbye we are done thank you bye um <laughs> yes and then go back to that person and ask for another trade because if you're pulling off trades <laughs> exactly. like that, that's that's good news for sure all right fellas this was a blast listeners thank you so much for checking us out as always head over to the website redshirtsfantasyfootball.com youtube instagram twitter facebook check it out find us there and join us on patreon for more episodes fellas until next time Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.